Welcome to the CA Short All-In Employee Podcast. And I'm your host, R. Scott Russell, with Mel Soever. And we're so glad that you've joined us today. Let's dive in. Well, good day, everybody. I am right here with my partner, Nelsa. Well, I say I'm right here, but she's in the car right now recording this podcast. So we might, uh, <laughs> hopefully she doesn't get pulled over. We don't hear any cop sounds in the background. Um, but it is time for our podcast here in the heart of fall. So Nelsa, you're safe, you're doing good, but you're on the other end, right? I am great. And oh, funny, I just drove past a cop, but I was being very safe. <laughs> <laughs> Please be safe. Hands-free devices, hands-free devices. Hands-free, hands-free, well, I promise. We are, we are here in fall. It is certainly fall now and uh, part of our podcast. I'm very, very excited, Nelsa, for today's guest. Um, we have the fantastic Ashley Green, and she is currently the Senior Manager of Business Intelligence for Verizon. And I'm so excited to have Ashley with us because Ashley is a, a very, very dear friend of mine. Um, we have known each other since 2003, and we actually worked together at Verizon for 12 years. We worked eight to 10 of those years in the exact same location. And in fact, we're on the same team together for a great number of years. I also am excited to tell you that she is on the RPI Board of Directors, as you all know that I'm the current president of. So welcome, Ashley. Welcome. Thanks, We're so excited. Yay. Yay. Yes. Thank you very much. So we're we're thrilled to have you. Now, Ashley, where are you uh, recording with us from today? Where are you at? I am in the Atlanta, Georgia area, so just north of Atlanta. Um, it's where I reside and living, living and working from home all in the same place these days. <laughs> wow, wow. That's a whole different world than when you and I were together in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Very much. We've, we've definitely um, come a long way, a lot of different roads <laughs> we've had together, for sure, for sure. She's, uh, Ashley knows every style my hair's ever been in. She, uh, <laughs> she, we know too I much think we about have each other. We have pictures, too, right? We do, <laughs> we, we do. And, uh, she, uh, we know too much about each other, is what I'll say, too much. <laughs> We're thrilled to have you here today, Ashley, and um, joining our podcast that we launched this year. So excited to have you. And, you know, tell us, let's get started with, why don't you give our listeners, just tell us about you, you know, sort of the Ashley Green bio, okay, kind of your, a little bit of your history, sure. where you're from, where you've worked, what you've done, and sort of your area of expertise. Okay. All right. Will do. So, and do just stop me if I'm giving too much, but because you know me, I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> but I'll kind of start from, you know, more of the beginning of where I'm from and, you know, kind of where I got into my career post school. So, and up to, to what I do today. So, um, I am fr originally from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, love my home city. Love it, love it, love it. Um, you know, really grew up there. Um, most of my, really most of my career, you know, worked in that part of, uh, you know, the state. 
Uh, I've only been in Georgia now for six years, but um, and that that was all related to job change and movement within the organization I work for today. Uh, but prior to, you know, I, w- I would say, um, you know, af- after I got out of college and, and really started saying, what do I want to do for a living, right? I mean, I've always been that person that wants to help others. And, you know, how do I enhance the experience with, with other people around me, no matter what it is, right? And so um, I, I started actually in the, the banking industry, uh, worked there uh, for probably about six or seven years, if I, if I can recall the, the dates and times. Uh, but then, uh, then shifted into, so it was interesting, I moved from, from working frontline teller management positions, um, moved into uh, an organization where I was in a call center environment, so this is all still pre-Verizon, um, and you know, really was that frontline employee taking calls, um, and it was a linkage from finance because then I worked for Ford Credit, um, and so I helped, empo- or helped customers with their um, you know, their, you know, calls around their bills or their car payments, you know, very interesting industry. Uh, But then um, after about seven or eight years, I had an opportunity to move um, over to Verizon in a call center setting. So started out um, as a supervisor with Verizon back in 2003. And Scott, that's when you and I met, right? That's when our, our relationship formed. Um, and worked in the call center environment, was frontline supervisor for a bit, and then shifted into an operational role, um, and really has kind of touched almost everything you can think of, you know, in uh, right. an operational standpoint, right, with, within Verizon. Uh, worked on a lot of different projects, uh, a lot of different focal points, but really, um, over time, you know, was was able to move into other positions in the company, helping support other groups. Uh, within customer service, um, did even a little bit of a stint there in our marketing department. Um, and, and what I mean by that is I was still in a, I feel like in a customer service capacity to a degree because I was that channel engagement partner that linked between customer service and marketing and what we were uh, focused in on and how we needed to sell products or services and and, and really just the overall pro- you know, provide that value back to the business. Uh, but most recently, um, I have been in the current role that I'm in now is I've been I've been in for two years. And so I'm back under the customer service umbrella. And what I do is I build out all of the um, headquarter, really just everything supporting all of our employee incentive programs. Um, and so what that means is all of the programs that me and my team design today, we we start from from everything from taking it from concepts all the way through build, um, launching it, measuring it, um, you know, and, and really just kind of doing a full, you know, a full support around our uh, program. So it's driving performance um, above and beyond what we what we need, right? So we we find pockets of opportunities within the business, you know, within our customer service teams to drive that performance. Um, where we need to, but also, you know, with that, right, it's a package thing, performance, employee engagement, how do we present to those employees, how do we pull them into the, you know, the focus of what we need to do as a business, but also then celebrate their successes, and so we do that, you know, in a, in a very, uh, you know, formal way, but um, it's, it's a lot of fun with the way we present the, um, the information to them, you know, have opportunities for employees to be able to 
to purchase what they want with their rewards, et cetera. So um, it's, it's, it's interesting because as you even talked about with the RPI organization, um, you know, you and I actually, you, you kind of pulled me into that years ago and I love it because it's allowed me to learn about my job that I do today to another level, right? So if I look at my peers, you know, I have more of an educational background and a connection into the industry and really an understanding of why we do what we do and in and, and all of everything that we touch on a day-to-day -day basis. So now, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm doing, you know, yes, my title is business intelligence. There's some of that that does go into that role, definitely for sure, but it really is all strategy and operations around uh, building out these programs for our employees. And, and today, I, I should say across the board, we have uh, close to 25,000 employees we support in those programs. Oh, wow. Wow. That's great. Hey, I like asking you questions and letting you run. <laughs> <laughs> I talked a lot. What a full right? resume. Look, great resume. There you go. It is. And, it, and Nelson and I like to talk a lot too. So this helps us. It's like, this is great. So, I know, uh, we love guests. <laughs> I know, we do, we do. One, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show was because, um, you know, Verizon was really, I, I think, an industry leader in the, in the switch and push to uh, virtual working. And I know that when we were together, when we worked all those years, it, it was not that way, right? We did have some people um, in, in our organization that were virtual workers, but predominantly you were either in a call center or an office or something like that. And several years ago, um, you guys actually sort of pivoted and started making that change. And then of course, now you've got the COVID era and lots of other followers were coming behind you. But I think as a leader, um, it's very, I wanted to bring you on just to talk to us a little bit about how did that transition go what maybe are a few of the uh, learnings or takeaways from that? Like how do, how do you, how are you engaging, you know, constantly as a, as a giant organization? I mean, Verizon's a very large organization as a whole. Um, how are they keeping those employees engaged and recognized and how's that working out? Yeah. I mean, that's, um, it, it's definitely been an interesting year for sure. But, but I think um, like you mentioned, because we really were at the forefront and, and been um, kind of in that virtual space, uh, really modeling that out, using that probably over the last five years or so um, with part of our work groups within customer service specifically. So we had um, close to about 5,000 employees that uh, we, we had worked to build out that virtual setting. So they work from home 100% of the time you know, really learning along the way. And I think that really has helped us understand, you know, does it operate? How does it operate? What, you know, what do we get, you know, what things do we need to account for different than when you're in the office? So a lot of learnings, I think, has, has helped us, um, you know, as we had to transition this year, right? You know, that we, we were, that was all kind of forced on us. Um, you know, it, it really, we were able to take those best practices and, um, you know, how you stay connected, what else do you need to do to maybe supplement that face-to-face -face interaction, um, but all along, you know, continue to push and drive what you need as a business. Um, you know, I know one thing that we learned um, this year 
because it, because this spanned you know beyond right customer service it really impacted everybody um, and and our leaders you know were really what drove um, I think a clean approach as clean as you can to how we shifted to home so um, you know not just customer service we did have to take what five thousand almost to twenty five thousand right and shift home right how do you do that how do you make sure they have the right equipment the right connections. You know, but then also caring for the emotional and mental well-being um, of your employees. So it's not just doing the work. It's now how do you change and ensure that, you know, everybody is good, you know, at the end of the day. And I think that's something we've learned along the way. Um, you know, but but on top of, you know, outside of our organization, obviously, we have sales, we have telesales, we have a lot of different pieces of our business and our leaders overall um, had a great plan, right? I mean, it takes, it takes your HR, it takes your CEO, your, you know, all of those, those at that level really to be on the same page. And so I think as a company, when, when all of this COVID um, activity started and really hit around that March timeframe, you know, they shifted us home very quickly. You know, it was caring for those logistical needs. Um, but then we immediately, you know, had connections in daily with um, with our CEO. He has a message for us every day, um, you know, and it was daily, Monday through, Monday through Friday, um, as far as, you know, hey, what do we know? How, you know, just really being open and transparent and talking um, about, what we have in front of us and taking things, you know, in bits as far as as we learn, um, you know, and then care for. So there's there's been a lot of activity on how we do this uh, and how we've been able to be successful in that shift. Um, I would say uh, some of the major key points is that connection, right? Just being able to have that transparent conversation um, about what it is, and then caring for those different different things. I mean, I know even our team, my team that I'm part of my organization, there's about 50 of us um, in total in, in my specific group where we did extra touch points. We, um, meaning instead of meeting every month as a whole team, we now met every week. And, and it wasn't just to talk about the, you know, I mean, we did care for obviously, you know, what does it mean and how do we work? But it really is caring for that person, the person itself, right? Getting into um, making sure that we showed compassion, that we really listened, you know. So from a leadership standpoint, we had to um, invest extra time and extra, um, you know, extra conversations and focus and, and add those extra layers in to, to connect with our employees in a way we never have before, right? Um, and really get to know them at that individual level, what's concerning to them, what do we need to help them with, um, and so forth. And then not only just from that standpoint, we layered in activities to keep things exciting. I mean, it could have been a happy hour or just, you know, let's do a team mixer. We just get together. We don't talk about work, but we talk about what's, what's on your mind. What do you want to talk, you know, talk through? We did a lot of fun games, um, you know, team builder type of things that you can do virtually. And there's so much out there that's available if you look, but, but just being creative um, along the way to, to really make sure that we're all connected, even though we don't get to see each other face-to-face -face daily. Uh, so that, that was a good here, um, You've really answered a lot of my questions off the bat, because that's one of the things Scott and I have been talking about on the show 
um, how do you engage your remote worker? Because that's such a new frontier for mm -hmm. businesses. And I just want to make sure that people don't lose what you've said, because there's so many valuable nuggets in just that little bit that you've shared with us. Um, but, you know, caring for your person individually and getting to know them beyond work, you know, doing some mixers, doing games, um, you know, going beyond just how's work going, how's your connection going, you know, digging deeper into a level of empathy and compassion that maybe a lot of managers and leaders have not really ever been comfortable doing before and get into a personal level that, you know, goes beyond just the work polite, you know, kind of speak um, right. on the job. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just worth highlighting because so often we've been, we've been talking about, you know, how do you make people at home feel like they still have that same sort of connection to the people at the office and not feel like they're so far distant and so far removed that they, you know, feel like they're on a satellite station in Mars as opposed to just at the house. So I just think right. that's remarkable um, that you all were able to say just to execute that so quickly being such a large corporation. And, you know, some sure. companies with much fewer employees still are struggling, you know, trying to find their rhythm. So um, that's, right. that's fabulous. I just, I think that's awesome. Yeah. No, thank you for that. And and just just to kind of add to, I mean, I mean, like I said, there's so many things that we've done. It's hard just to speak to, you know, to all of it. But you know, some other additional pieces. And and you think about it, right? This impacts everybody. Um, in today's world, or e even before COVID, we we would get on phone calls and not necessarily use the video technology that we do today with Zoom or, um, you know, all the different platforms that are out there that we leverage for calls, uh, conference calls. And, you know, just learning the right balance for when to share your, your face on screen versus, uh, you know, just having it just as an audio connection, because there needs to be a balance, you know, and I think a lot of people and what I've heard and what, you know, what, what even I've experienced, right, there has to, there has to be a time and place when it's important to do, to use it. And, and when we need to, you know, not go so far overboard with, with, with being on camera all the time, right? Because um, that, that's exhausting mentally um, to an employee um, or just a person in general. Um, there could be days that, you know, we just, you know, we're just, you know, not camera ready. <laughs> um, but, but I think there is a, there, like, there's something to that, right? That there is a balance of when, when it's appropriate or just making sure that that's managed, you know, and cared for as well. Yeah. Um, you know, cause, cause that, that could lead, that could lead to, I mean, there's a lot of people that get very stressed about that. And then you think about it, you're on camera, you know, are you focused in on that camera or are you focused in on the conversation? Right. So if you don't have, um, if you don't have your camera on, you're typically, you know, there, there is that sense of your, your, like your brain is actually processing the words and you're really listening where if you're on camera, you might be focused on what that person's doing, like, or, or what's going on in the background behind them or, you know, why, why are they making that face? Right. So you're not really a hundred percent invested in the conversation. So I think that's what I mean by that is that you have to know what, what your subject is, what your audience is um, and care for that accordingly. So I'll, I'll give a, uh, I'm going to give a secret to the whole world. Uh, about how Ashley and I enjoyed doing conference uh, calls together because um, 
for anybody that's ever been on one with us, what you probably don't know is that behind the scenes, if we're on camera with everybody, she and I are usually texting each other, talking about what exactly what she said. We're talking about whose roots haven't been done. We're talking about whose, whose oh, no. house is a disaster, right? We're talking about like who's disheveled and why are they on camera? Like it's our secret, but we have a great time doing it. So just know that she's right. You know, it, I think there's an appropriate place and time. One of the reasons Nelson, I love the podcast is because we're not always camera ready either. So we love the fact that we can hide behind the podcast and use our radio instead. Right. And, um, you know, and I think it's interesting to tell people today, Ashley, you know, back when you and I worked together and we started with Verizon, you know, Verizon, we, we actually had, gosh, I think it was 24 call centers maybe around the country right. at that time. Um, and I know now that that number is much smaller because you've shifted to at home, you know, to an at home base. Um, right. Which is a very, it's a huge difference, right? Like it's, it's a big difference from then to today. Um, right. and, and, and it's just that, that amazes me, the ability, you know, that Verizon always an industry leader, but how they, they really saw this coming before anyone else did. Right. I mean, they didn't know COVID was coming, but they already realized from a business perspective that there were advantages as long as you could obviously monitor the work, still keep the quality at the highest level and engage those employees that there was a great business benefit to switching thousands and thousands of employees out of buildings that cost money, that you have to sure. maintain, that you have to keep up with technology and things in your own buildings. And now you can pretty much, you know, that that's a great business savings out there if you're able to kind of make that happen. So I just, you know, I'll applaud the company. I had great, my tenure there was wonderful. You know, I have a great love for Verizon, always will. Um, and just think, just think they're, they're always on the forefront when it comes to technology and, and how, mm -hmm. how to manage business. And, and I'm just always impressed by that. So uh, thrill, thrilled to hear that today. And so um, Nelsa, do you have any other questions for Ashley regarding sort of virtual working or because uh, when we're done with this section, we are going to talk a little hot topics, which you know is always the fun. Actually, <laughs> really nailed. Like I said, a lot of the things that I I was curious about, um, Scott, she was all over it. So kudos to you, Ashley and Verizon, for what you all are doing to uh, keep your keep your employees motivated. And um, I, one thing I would like to know: Have you all seen? Um, you know, any trends in retention now that employees are working from home uh, during the pandemic? Have, have you seen any kind of trends with, um, you know, turnover or? Um, you know, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, for, from my perspective and what I see and, and you know, and, and the knowledge that I have or the insight there is, is that everything has been very steady. I mean, I, I think because of the way Verizon has approached this, you know, this whole pandemic and how quickly we were able to shift um, and still show support for our employees and, you know, know that we're care, there's a caring component that's now layered in at probably a different level than we probably ever expected in the business world. But yeah, I mean, honestly, we're, um, we still, we still see the, you know, the same people that were here a year ago, they're still here with us today. And I think it's because it's, it's not, 
you know, it's it's not just, hey, I get paid really well or this company's doing really well. It's it's everything that is around it, right? The whole package. And um, you know, so so and and even more so, you know, I talk about, you know, I talked about how we engage and, and stuff, just to add a little bit more to it. I mean, I, I really think that overall just the number of people that we're all in one, you know, I guess at the end of the day, right, we're all on the same page. We all know we have to have the right balance and support. Um, you know, so other activities that we're using the technology we have really to connect with our employees, we're ever evolving that. I mean, that's that changes even with, you know, not only phone calls and how do we push things to our employees through the different um, ways that we work, right? Whether it's through email or, you know, maybe there's a platform that we share information, but, you know, just having even, you know, a huge culture and engagement um, calendar uh, where there's things going on, even in the social media world um, and keeping it alive day after day after day. <laughs> um, and so where you feel like you want to engage as an employee, you have, you know, like an endless possibility to connect there. Um, and if it's too much, you know, that's, that's really on you as an employee not to, you know, engage in those, those areas. But, but it really is a team that of, of a lot of leaders in our business that keep it up and running uh, to make it successful. Awesome. Well, that is awesome. And hats off to you and the team there. Um, I know many of our old friends, some of them are still there. Some of them have moved on after time and, um, but, but always, always, always glad to hear from you and to hear from them. So I, I just think that's awesome. And I think can grab a little bit of that and be able to take that back with them about success in the virtual world. No, I treasure it. Thank you, Ashley. So let's talk a little hot topics today. Ash, can you stay around with us? Sure, of course. All right, so my first one today is okay. I'm gonna ask you this question: Have either of you tried any of the new, like, impossible sandwiches or the Beyond Meat sandwiches that are the plant-based substitutes? I have. Can you give me more? I was gonna say, what is that all about? I don't know that I'm aware uh, the, of what you're. Uh, the Whopper has the, um, in, uh, I think it's what the um, Impossible Whopper or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not me. <laughs> oh, you Not haven't me. tried any yet. Okay, so no, now you I have. Haven't. So you have, right? Uh-huh. What's your feedback? Um, well, you know, I'm kind of like this. Um, I haven't I haven't gone vegetarian uh permanently, uh, but it's it's okay. <laughs> so so i will tell you what i'll share with you is i will say this so i've had a couple of different things i've tried the impossible whopper though i i'll just you know don't hate me out there burger king fans but i'm i've never been a big burger king person so so that one's probably not the best one for me to try but i will tell you that jeff and melody who i you know our ceo i hang out with quite a bit they often cook the Beyond Burgers now. They've replaced their regular grilling out burger with the Beyond Burger. And I'm gonna tell you what, it's pretty top notch. They've convinced me that that is really good. But my favorite thing so far has actually been at Starbucks. And if you'll try, I want you to try this for me, try the Impossible Breakfast Sandwich. Because it basically is 
uh, uh, sausage, egg, and cheese. And I would lay money down that you cannot tell that that is not sausage. Because I literally think it's fantastic. So I want you to try that. But the reason I've asked you this question is because, so the Impossible Foods, which is known for making the plant-based meat, <laughs> is looking at a new range of products, including plant-based milk. <laughs> okay. So, Oh, you know, I don't want oat milk anyway. I have to drink um, almond milk because I have a dairy allergy, which is why I sound like this on the podcast today, um, because I ate a salad that had sour cream on it, and I'm actually dairy, I have a dairy allergy, like I, oh, it me, so this I'm, might be great for you then. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm all for it. I've tried rice milk, I've tried almond milk, I've tried coconut milk, um, I'm that person, so. You are? <laughs> Yeah, I'm a don't mess with my milk kind of person. I want my I want my whole milk. I want vitamin D, red cap, whole milk. Don't give me watered down milk. Don't give me fake milk. Don't give me plant-based milk. I want the real deal. Well, listen, Scott, let me give you something for my doctor, okay? This is what I learned when I was 22, that other mammals, after you have um, you know finished drinking your mother's milk, there are no other mammals besides humans that drink other mammals' milk. Did you know that? I did not. We are the only animals. That, if you look in the animal kingdom, we are the only animals that are drinking other animals' milk. And there are no other animals that do that. So it really, you know, when you look at how many people have lactose intolerance and people like me who are dairy, aller, you know, dairy allergic, um, there's a reason for it. We're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I, growing up, that was probably my drink of choice. Um, and Ashley knows I used to drink a lot of it, right? Remember, I'd start my day with chocolate milk every single day. Uh, I, have, I have moved away from that, though I will tell you, when I'm thirsty, nothing quenches my thirst more than a big cold glass of milk. But, but mm -hmm. needless to say, that's just one I had to kind of talk about a little bit that way. <laughs> and just kind of throw that one out there at us. So, okay, here we go. We've got another headline that I wanted to just tell you about. So, so today, actually, this was, this was shared today on LinkedIn and it was an, an idea of the day. And it was talking about valuing curiosity. And there's a quote in here that only by asking questions will we see the full picture and really challenge how things have always been done. Do you think, I wanted to ask that question. So do you think that that businesses today value curiosity? It's not a word I hear a lot. Um, and I don't think of it as a value, but do you think that that is something that's happening or is that something we should bring to the light more? I mean, I, I have always, I mean, I think we've all been in situations where we get people asking many questions and we're like, oh, can you, can you just stop asking questions? But, but you know, curiosity truly does lead you to what's next, right? As, and, and so I, I really saw that headline and it stuck with me. So um, what do you guys think? Do you think, do you think it's important to value curiosity? Yeah, I mean, I'll step in there. I mean, I, I do. Um, I mean, I know what you're saying as far as when you have that person that you go, oh my gosh, are they just, they're just going on and on, but but I think there's something to that, right? I think that there is, um, you know, we a lot of times just 
always kind of move to a solution or, or, you know, think, hey, th this is because I'm thinking this, this is the right thing, right? We need to, you know, kind of focus in on, on what my, my roadmap is, right? And how we solve for stuff. But, you know, I think it's, it's being curious and opening up to um, others' thoughts and reasonings is, you know, is to, to have a better solution at the end of the day, right? I mean, we have to stop moving so fast in our world and really stop and absorb, you know, everybody's, you know, thoughts around, you know, and there could be reasons why people are asking certain questions that maybe because we haven't, you know, we haven't, um, you know, really addressed what whatever that specific need was, right, in, in their questions or their curiosity. So I, I really do. I feel like there's, there's, um, you know, a way for us to do better at that than we ever have before, especially today. <laughs> you know, we go back to that compassion conversation a few minutes ago, but yeah. I mean, it really is. It's really about the, you know, how do we connect? But by doing that, it's it's understanding you know, like maybe your perspective, their perspective, and then where do we share the same perspective and where do we differ? And then let's talk through those. So a uh, question for you guys. So how many questions on average does a child ask in a day? I know that's general, but it's a trivia question. At least a hundred. Mm. You're close. At least 100. 73. Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't know if I believe that, but 73 is the is the data point that I have here. Children ask a staggering 73 <laughs> questions on average a day. I think I've had employees who ask double that in one day. <laughs> uh, so is there anything, there's there anything that says like what age? you know, that that's encompassing. Is that no, like a certain, it, it did. And it no, just had a general, right. Kids. So it could be a, a yeah. lot of general. Well, this, uh, and it's interesting. It's interesting. It would be, it would be kind of interesting to know what, what does that mean? You know, from whatever that age group, maybe it is just anybody under the age of 18. Right. Um, and then what that next set of groupings would look like, do we evolve as humans? Do we change our patterns or is it really upon our personalities? Do we, maintain that right do we ask do we continue to ask questions even as we get older <laughs> and you know that many in a day i don't know i'm probably i'm probably more than 73 i will tell you that <laughs> <laughs> i really think it has to do with conditioning and programming i think it has to do with you know if you are in an environment where you're encouraged and um you know where your curiosity is um valued or if you're somebody who is in an in an environment where you're kind of told to you know you know stop that don't do that quit asking questions you know follow my instructions just do what I tell you you know I think it all has to do sometimes with environment how we how we develop yeah. um, curiosity and leadership and you know any other skill I think it just has to do with your programming sometimes because um, there's yeah, some kids who are, are really put in an environment where they flourish and, you know, they're, people think that you're born a leader or you're born a certain way. And I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I think a lot of it is environment and who you are around and how that is encouraged or discouraged. And just seeing certain children uh, in my former profession, um, you kind of see who they turn out to be as adults based on, you know, who was guiding them. Um, 
along the way. So I think it has a lot to do with that, that early programming that children get. Mm-hmm. That's very good. I completely point. agree. Yeah, yeah, for Your sure. Feedback. Environment is key. So um, my last little hot topic for today, because I know we, can, we can't keep you forever, Ashley, though I would if I could. Uh, <laughs> it, it's going to circle back a little bit to working from home. And this was an article posted by, oh, I'm going to not say this yet. I think it's Cap, Capuchin Yeomans. What a name, almost like Cappuccino. Um, and she's an editor at LinkedIn. And it said that eight months since millions of our employees were sent home, and while most are generally content, there's one problem, we're lonely. And it says at issue is particularly prevalent among extroverts and leaders mm-hmm. and those who are generally enjoying their coworkers. And it says, you know, experts are actually suggesting that you follow the examples that are set by gig workers who take more time to build relationships, routines, and a sense of purpose and workspace. And I thought that was very interesting. Do you, do you think that that is one of the things you see, Ashley, in your group or our group? I, I will tell you, I have a couple employees that um, after getting the opportunity to work from home for a while, actually did feed that back. They said, you know, I, while I enjoy the freedom, there's a sense of loneliness that came with it because the interaction isn't there. Um, and, and that is even for me, I will tell you that while I do enjoy the occasional remote working environment, I feed off the people around me and the energy that here in our offices and, and always did when, when we worked together. So, you know, what, what are y'all's thoughts on that last topic issue? Do you, do you think there's a little bit more loneliness that comes just naturally with the virtual work environment? Yeah, I would say, you know, it, it, it's definitely based on, um, you know, from a case-by-case basis. I am a major extrovert, as you know, and it, it's impacted me um, and, you know, me dealing with, you really shift in emotion, right? I've been home since March. Uh, now my job is permanently at home. Um, you know, so it's it, really understanding the reality of what that means. And But, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think each person has to has to walk through that, um, you know, maybe it's, to me, I almost look at it as a little roller coaster ride that I'm on at times, right? Because because as soon as, you know, they announce, hey, you know, this is gonna go beyond September, October, we're gonna now move you home completely. And, you know, so, you know, it's, it's me and my natural tendencies to say, no, I, I don't like that. I don't want that, right? Um, but I've learned, you know, to adapt to it, uh, because I do appreciate, I mean, I do love the fact that I'm set up perfect at home with everything that I have in front of me um, that I need. Now, that connection, that human connection is something that, you know, I hope that we eventually get back to, whether it's through travel or, um, you know, maybe having big meetings where we all do come together at times. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that we, you know, I think we have to care for too. But, but yeah, it's impacting um, across the board, and then it, then it's, it's you as an individual to find your balance, your right balance, um, so you don't, you know, to kind of get yourself out of that loneliness, and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's stuff you have to do, you know, um, with with other family members or other ways to connect, especially right now, I know it's, you know, you can't get out and about as much, but, but you know, how do you find, uh, you know, ways to maybe go to lunch, you know, and, and meet up with someone 
on a regular or have, you know, layer in some of those extra um, things that maybe wouldn't have been in your world before because you would have seen people, been in front of them, you know, in your natural, like, go to office work state. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's I think it's just unique to the user. But, you know, even some of the things that, that we've done and we try to do is don't sit in front of your computer from 8 to 5. Make sure you're taking breaks. Make sure you adjust even meetings. Um, you know, don't run them for a full hour. Run them for 45 minutes, right? Give that break in between. Go out and walk your dog if you can. If you're on a call, you don't have to be in front of your computer, right? So I think it's just to each unique person um, and what, what they need to feel like they're not, you know, just behind walls in another room right next to where they sleep. That's great feedback. And I, I really appreciate you sort of joining us today. Nelsa, do you have any other final words for this episode? Well, no, this was awesome. Ashley, thank you so much. We've been looking forward to having you all year. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me for sure. Well, we have. We're so, no, go ahead. We're so glad you joined us. Well, thank you again. Awesome. Well, listeners, Nelson and I will be back in our next episode, and we have some more fantastic guests coming up before the end of the year. We're so excited you joined us today. And don't forget about your holiday programs. That's right. (laughs) Holiday programs. All right. Thank you guys for joining. We'll talk to you again. joining us on the CA Short All-In Employee Podcast. Scott and I will see you next time.